all you food lovers out there. You're listening to On the Menu with Ann and Peter Haig. We have an interesting program for you all about, guess what, eggs. Did you know there was that much to know about eggs? Well, there certainly is. But before we get into eggs, we're going to have Peter give you a piece of news about a friend, chef, through our egg story, (laughs) our egg program. Uh, We're going to start by talking to Lisa Steele, who knows more about eggs than (laughs) than I ever knew there was to know. Um, Her latest book called Fresh Eggs Daily is actually, it's a cookbook, it's an information book on everything from um, cooking eggs, nutrition of eggs, and, um, well, I mean, just raising poultry, you name it. Uh, but anyhow, and it's also a website. Okay, love. Go. Well, Lisa Steele, I have to say that you are the first fifth-generation chicken keeper I have ever interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's rather a big distinction here. Um, the book we're going to be talking about is the Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook subtitled Over a Hundred Fabulous Recipes to Use Eggs in Unexpected Ways. Now, I, I said to you in, in pre-recording discussion, I am um, an eggaholic. I have eggs every single day. And, and you, you are as well. You said you started as a child. Your mother had you uh, cooking, right? Yes. With, uh, my grandparents were chicken farmers. I raised chickens as a kid. So I've eaten a lot of eggs in my lifetime. Now, but you left a, a job on Wall Street to do this full time. Um, that's that's becoming very popular lately, isn't it? It is. I think I don't know if it's because I was raised in a more rural type environment, but I just was not meant to commute on a on a subway and work in a cubicle all day. Yeah, absolutely not. <laughs> I agree. So, but anyhow, um, talking about your book, um, this is not your first venture. Um, you, you do your guest interviewee all over the place about eggs and egg recipes and, and poultry raising, and, and you seem to be the go-to source for poultry raising as well. So we're going to talk a little bit about the book and about the poultry raising, and you offered tips as, as much as I think I know about eggs, you offered tips in this in your book that really um, floored me. And there was, uh, why didn't I know them? <laughs> Nobody's ever told me before. Oh, that's wonderful to hear, actually. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, but, let, let hold on, a minute, sweetheart. Let's 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 Lisa do the the most important thing, which is how how you should cook young eggs and old eggs. And how you can peel them. Young eggs and old eggs. I love that. Because there's yes, skill, the skill required in both categories. There is. And really fresh eggs are the best for frying or poaching or any time when you really need the egg to hold together. Because the whites are so much thicker. The membranes around the yolk are so much thicker. But when you try to hard boil fresh eggs, the peels don't come off of them. So I have discovered if you steam them instead of boiling them in water, you can use a double boiler or a colander, you know, whatever you can steam something over simmering water. When you're saying Mm -hmm. steam them, you mean you're going to not boil them, you're going to cook them with a steamer? Correct. So you have water boiling with a double boiler, or you can just put a pot of water to simmer with a colander over it, uh, or vegetable steamer, put the eggs in that. 12 minutes and then put them into ice water and they'll peel perfectly even if they were laid that morning. Wow. Okay, so the, 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 the real piece of advice is be sure to cook them slowly for a long time. Right, yes. Eggs cook pretty quickly, so if you cook them over high heat, they can overcook. Yeah. Right. Now, we interviewed... You can't get them out of the shell anyway, right? No, <laughs> do exactly. You, do you know Kenji Lopez-Alt? 
Rolf Lopez. He he does the science of cooking. Um, okay. Yeah. Anyhow, um, yes. we interviewed him about one of his books. He's also, of course, a, a, a cookbook author. Um, and and since I have soft boiled eggs every morning, uh, we've always had family feuds about whether you start the eggs. Um, in cold water or boiling water or, or what do you do? And he said that you should take your eggs right from the refrigerator, put them in boiling water for, um, I forget how many minutes, it depends on the size mm-hmm. of the egg, of course. And and what I found is that there's a good way to crack your eggs. <laughs> Be careful. Of I do the same. Cold from the, the fridge same? and then into the boiling water, yes. Yep. Okay, now why do they crack? I have the feeling it's whatever the, the, the farmer has fed these chickens. Why the eggs crack? Yeah. They don't even just crack. They, they actually shatter. Now, isn't that the result of what you feed the, the you know, hens? Probably if they're not getting enough calcium, so the shells mm-hmm. aren't really strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I think. But um, you you have a lot of tips and things that I loved reading about was um, common egg cooking mistakes that you might be making. And um, there, there there's a lot of wisdom in this. <laughs> you can tell you've cooked a lot of eggs. Um, <laughs> I, have. I have cooked a lot of eggs, yes. Yeah. <laughs> But, I mean, I, it, some of it's just so obvious, except it wasn't until I read you putting it down on paper. Um, and first of all, I mean, I had questions. I just got these duck eggs that were laid a week ago, and I was worried that they might not last as long, um, you know, not have as long as shelf life, because I, things online said that these, they were getting eggs that were, like, laid two nights before you know, instead of like a week before. But you seem to imply that you can hang on to eggs for a long time and they'll still be good. They may not taste as good, but they'll be good. Is that true? It is, especially if they're from a farm, so they haven't been washed, and you put them in the refrigerator. They can last months in the, in the refrigerator. Huh. Now, That's something you, new to me, it, too. Hold on. What do you think about refrigerating eggs? My 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 relatives, oh. my family growing up, and my relatives never kept the eggs in the refrigerator. She has interesting. You, you don't need to. I mean, they will last longer, but I always like to keep some out on the counter that I'm going to use within a week or two, and then, you know, put them in the fridge for longer storage. But you absolutely, my grandmother never refrigerated her eggs. They were always just in a bowl on the counter. So what about all this um, salmonella stuff now? I mean, my son lectured me on the fact that eggs are different now than when I was a, a child because of all the salmonella. You know, in the whole scheme of things that are going on today in this world, I really don't worry about salmonella. You know, if you mm-hmm. cook your eggs, it's going to kill it. You don't have to worry about it. But I make mayonnaise. I make tiramisu. You know, I'll make hollandaise sauce, things that the eggs are not fully cooked and have never had a problem. Tell us what you think is is a fresh egg. I think a fresh egg is an egg that's still warm because you've just pulled it out from under a chicken. (laughs) It doesn't get much fresher than that. I'd say two weeks. Two weeks old, you know, under two, two weeks, weeks old, I'd say you can probably fresh, yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there, I know a lot of people that, that are raising poultry in their backyards, um, but there's so many restrictions on poultry raising in the city. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's no way that where I live I would ever have room to do that. I mean, what, you might are you, be surprised. what are your secrets? Yeah, well, tell you know, me chickens more are about pretty that. small. So say there's the two of you, right, and you, you probably each eat, what, two eggs a day? Yeah. So you could have four or five chickens, and they only need to have a little house that's maybe 
three by four, like maybe the size of a doghouse, and then a little yard to run around in, you know, a pending yard so hawks and dogs and raccoons and stuff don't get them. But, I mean, really, four or five chickens don't take out much more room than a dog would. <laughs> Amazing. Um, see what I'm learning? <laughs> no, you could you, get you ducks have... instead, though. Then you wouldn't have to have your duck eggs shipped. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Uh, we had um, actually, um, we had um, a neighbor who had a farm, but he had, do um, you call it, a litter of um, piglets. And he didn't want to leave them on, he lived in, in a house in our neighborhood, and he didn't want to leave them on the farm when he was not there. So he brought them into his backyard, and the neighborhood exploded with complaints. I'll bet. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I, I don't know if the same result would happen with, um, with chickens. <laughs> they could. They could. Now, you have many good tips on scrambling eggs. Now, to me, it seems like scrambling an egg is the first thing you should learn. Uh, and yet, um, so many people miss scramble eggs. And the other thing I wanted to, I wanted you to tell us some of your tips about them making really first-rate scrambled eggs, but also um, what your thoughts are about scrambling eggs, cooking them in a microwave. I've never gotten that one either. Uh, Start with the yeah, no. scrambling eggs. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I've never scrambled eggs in a, in a microwave. But um, eggs cook so fast that you really want to cook them over low heat. You want to add some oil or butter to the pan. You want to whisk them really, really well so there's a lot of air in them because then they'll be nice and fluffy. I don't like to add milk or water. It just makes your eggs runny. And then move them around a little in the pan. If you like like big chunky curds, don't move them around as much. Break them up a little if you like smaller curds. And then stop cooking them when they're still shiny, when they've just, just barely set, because they're going to cook even from the pan to your plate. And, you know, just a few more seconds, and you're going to have overcooked eggs. And then salt them when you're done. That's how I do it. See, I I tried this microwave thing. My nephew, who's a trained cook, um, he does his scrambled eggs in the microwave, but it involves all this stirring them up and taking them out and checking them and stirring them up. It seems like it's sort of a waste of time. Um, and, and so you, don't you can put them that, just as up... in a frying pan. Yeah, I mean, I know. are you saving any time, really? It, it takes, like, what, two minutes to cook eggs in a frying pan? Yeah, see, I don't think so. I mean, I think that it's ridiculous. And, and if you don't uh, watch them all the time, they get to be like a, um, like a pancake. Mm-hmm. Solid. Hmm. I'll stick with my pan. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, the, the one of the tricks I learned early on in cooking was uh, the, the trick to actually uh, making a meringue or whipping eggs. And I, that I didn't know, I mean, I was always very careful putting the um, um, whisk in the freezer and, and the bowl, keeping it cold and so forth, and making sure they're clean. But you go a step further, and, and you say that actually um, you, if one speck of grease will keep the eggs from from rising or peaking or whatever we call it, so that mm-hmm. you suggest a wet paper towel uh, or a paper towel with vinegar wiping off your utensils and bowls. Yeah, I mean, or lemon juice. told me that. That yeah, I had read that somewhere years ago, and I think, I mean, you just hate to go to all that trouble and have them not whip up. So it's just a little extra step just to make sure that there's there's no grease. And, of course, you don't want any yolk in the egg white because, you know, that's a fat that will keep them from whipping up. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I went to a phase where I, I thought it was very hip to, uh, in hotels, for breakfast, ordering egg white only omelets. <laughs> I put everything in them except cheese, but mainly it was just mainly the egg whites. And I mean, I have to say, they really didn't taste very good. <laughs> you no. mentioned also that they're not even as nutritious. 
exactly. Most of the nutrition is in the yolk. Most of the fat and, and um, cholesterol is as well, but most of the flavor, like you said, is in the yolk. So if you're just eating the egg whites, why even bother? You've got to eat the whole egg. <laughs> it doesn't hang together, together right. I always thought it no. was a kind of a fussy thing to do too, Lisa. <laughs> I agree. It sounds very fussy. <laughs> we missed one thing out, and I, it's, it's, a, it's a curious thing. Because for, for years and years and years, we had an egg puncher. Oh, yeah. Well, it, In fact, it used to live on the side of the refrigerator, magnetized. It's still there. We just don't use it anymore. Lisa would t- be able to tell you about that because she has this thing about air in, in the eggshells. Yeah. Do you well, know we, who we're talking we, about, Lisa? No. We, no, I have no idea, actually. Well, oh. I, 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 imagine what's the business end is a little prong. The, the the other end is like a how would you describe it? You push it, and and it, the little prong pierces the uh, end of the egg. But you use the bottom; you pierce the bottom of the egg, right, Abbott? Yes. Okay. And it does something with air, so that the egg doesn't crack. Do you understand what we're saying? Really, I do. Yeah. We have this thing. They don't sell them anymore. But you may have gathered Peter grew up in England, in the north yes, of England. Right. Yeah, so there are different um, different kinds of situations. And, I mean, I don't know anybody who uses this egg piercer anymore. No. I, I've I, never I heard of it. That's I didn't interesting. Realize, I didn't realize we had stopped <laughs> to, show you, to show you how much attention <laughs> I've been paying. <laughs> But it, it worked. Oh. The real tragedy is if you push the egg too hard, the whole, the yeah, whole egg would yeah, explode. Exactly. You'd, you'd, have, you'd have an eggy floor. Oh, no. my goodness. A lot of people don't know that you can actually freeze whites and yolks for later use. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. That comes in really handy for those of us who raise chickens because they stop laying for the most part in the winter. And if you do holiday baking, you're probably not going to have eggs. So when we have a lot of eggs in the summer, I just whisk them up, pour them into ice cube trays, and then freeze them, and then you can pop them out. And one cube is about equal to an egg. So then you can just take out as many as you need, defrost them, and then you can, you know, scramble them or use them in a quiche or a frittata, but definitely use them in baking. It, it comes in so handy when I don't actually have chickens that are laying at the moment. Now, are there seasons for hens, too? Because I, I know there are seasons for other poultry. Yes, mm-hmm. mostly in the spring, summer. We don't get a lot of eggs in the winter. You don't get? You don't get eggs winter? No, not many. No. So what do egg farmers do then in the winter? They artificially light their chicken houses. Chickens need a certain amount of hours of daylight in order to produce an egg, so the commercial oh, farms oh, light wow. year-round. Yeah, they force them to lay year-round. Okay, that's interesting. And how similar is it raising ducks as opposed to raising hens? See, I knew you wanted some ducks. Very similar. You know, they they need to be fed and given water in the morning and locked up at night so nothing eats them. And during the day, they just kind of putter around and eat grass and bugs, lay eggs. <laughs> Funny. Now, you have a section that I also loved in your book called Three Things, Fresh Eggs Daily. Run us through some of those. Now, oh, I was taken with this thing about the pointy end. Because I was always dubious about that. I mean, I never can tell oh. half the time. Yeah. Store, you know, it's, yeah, it's, so eggs should be stored pointy ends down because it keeps the yolk centered in the egg. So it's not really terribly important, but if you're making deviled eggs, for example, then the yolk will be nice squarely in the middle of the, of the egg. Um, but a lot of eggs, it's hard to tell if they're kind of more round. Some eggs, it's really clear which the pointy end is, but others, it is really hard to tell. But you should, if you open up a carton of store-bought eggs, they should all be in the carton with the pointy ends down. 
I have to go check that as soon as I get off the phone here to see. Yeah, if I, I, think they are, I think they have. <laughs> you think they're okay? No, um, you you say um, people always confuse this idea about the the color of the eggs. Now, I always thought that um, the, the the breed mattered, but also that what they ate matters. And you seem to come down mainly on the eggshell color is dependent on the breed. Right. So the color of the egg is dependent on the breed of chicken that, that laid it. All egg white, all eggshells start out white, and then some of the breeds put a brown pigment, some other breeds put a blue pigment, and then the egg will come out that color. So that's dependent on the breed, but the color of the egg yolk is completely dependent on what the chicken eats. So if she's eating a lot of things with the um, carotene or xanthophyll, you know, the, the uh, carotenoid pigments, she'll have orange egg yolks. So like pumpkins and a lot of the orange and red foods, leafy greens, things like that. Yeah. Well, we, we've discovered in Spain that the eggs were, the yolks of the eggs were startlingly more golden than what we get in, in the U.S. Interesting. In general, yeah. I don't know so why. So it's what their I, chickens are eating. They must be feed, maybe they're feeding them some local fruit or grain or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Now, let's talk about this. You mentioned it earlier about washing the eggs. I had this issue when when I had all these eggs cracking on me. Uh, I would take them out of the refrigerator, put them in a pan for boiling them, but running them under uh, not hot water but cold water to at least warm them up a little bit before putting them in the boiling water. Now, mm-hmm. um, and you say you shouldn't wash the eggs, and tell us about that. Tell us why we shouldn't wash them. Tell us what the protection is <laughs> from unwashed eggs. Now we're talking. We're not talking commercially store-bought eggs because those have been washed by law in order to sell eggs. They have to be washed. But if you're getting from a friend, like you said, you got your duck eggs from someone, or you know you have your own chickens, or you get them from a farmer's market, just before the egg is laid, a protective coating is applied to the outside of the egg called the bloom, and that blocks the pores in the eggshell, so it helps keep bacteria out of the egg. It helps keep the moisture in the egg from escaping, so it keeps the egg fresher longer, and it also keeps it from getting bacteria inside the egg. Well, but, so you should wash um, your eggs just before you use them. You can wash them then. You wash them with, but you don't wash them with soapy water. You just wash them with regular just rinse them clean off. water. Yeah. Mhm. So, but you, they last longer if you don't wash them. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yes, because air can't get into the egg and dry out the insides. Eventually, the insides of an egg will just dry up and evaporate. I mean, it takes months, but... Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. Is Living in another city, um, uh, one of the uh, women I knew used to have this big... Um, she'd invite all the artists uh, to, to come in and paint eggs, um, and, and she would have all kinds of eggs, and I went once, it's like a party, you know, and you sit there and you paint and stuff. And, and she gave me a Rhea egg uh, and a magic marker. And I, I decorated this egg, and then I, um, I coated it with something to seal it all in. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks later, actually, she had a TV station uh, uh, videotaping all these artworks from the eggs my egg exploded <laughs> it was, they will do it was that. really messy huh? yeah I bet bacteria got in and then started growing and because you had sealed it the, yeah. you know, none of the gases couldn't get out so it, it just exploded <laughs> now, here's another tip people might like to know um, three ways to tell if an egg is fresh. Yeah, it's you can't tell just by looking at an egg. 
you know, it's going to look the same whether it's just been laid or it's three months old. But if you put it into a glass of water, which is probably the easiest way, a fresh egg is just going to sit flat on the bottom. And as the egg gets older, air gets inside, like we were just talking about, and the egg will start to rise up the bottom. And eventually the egg will just float, you know, in the glass, at which point you probably should throw it away because it's probably one step away from exploding. <laughs> No, no. The point of your a part of the point of your book is not only teaching us about all these aspects of eggs, but also uh, trying to get us to consider eggs like all day long uh, for all kinds mm-hmm. of meals and not just for breakfast. Um, and in that regard, you have a number of really creative recipes, and I wanted to touch on those before we let you go because. Um, that's really the whole point, isn't it? These, the, the, what, what are your more interesting and less common recipes for uh, cooking with eggs? Well, it's very funny because they're probably less common to Americans, but Peter would probably be familiar with things like toad in the hole or yeah. uh, scotch eggs. Yes. I yes. also have uh, eaten mess. You know, those oh, are all... <laughs> <laughs> so those are interesting, right? They're um, yeah. they're not quite as, as familiar to Americans, but they're all delicious. Now you're Norwegian in background, or Scandinavian, Finnish, at least, right? Finnish. Yeah, Finnish. Mm-hmm. You read the book. She's from Finland, right? Finnish, yeah. Finnish. Okay, yeah, and so that's why you use what dill? Tell us uh, how dill, the influences. Yeah, dill, cardamom. Those are probably two popular Scandinavian flavors. I'm very often subbing in cardamom for cinnamon in the recipe. Just kind of gives it a little bit different flavor. And I do uh-huh. love dill a lot. And living in Maine, I do use maple syrup a lot. Tell us a little bit about a, a recipe that would be kind of a surprise. A couple of those for people who want to get off the beaten track. We have the beaten track. Um I have a recipe for making your own marshmallows and your own sprinkles, like to put on, you know, cupcakes or a cake or something like that. Yeah. I saw that, and I didn't know what that meant. Yeah. um, They're very labor-intensive, but kind of fun to make. (laughs) You can make all the free colors. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, things like tartar sauce or uh, hollandaise sauce, as I mentioned before, Caesar salad dressing. I think there's a lot of things that people use, you know, on a weekly basis and don't stop and think that they could make it themselves pretty easily. Yeah, this one, bacon and beet hash. That's interesting because I never know what to do with beets. That's really good. I, I, I love root vegetables, and we, you know, roast them a lot with olive oil or whatever, but the hash is really good. Oh. Also looking good is your maple chai cream puffs. Well, yes. <laughs> cream puffs are so much fun to make. I mean, I think I think the, the dough is just so unique because you're making it on the stovetop and then in the mixer. You know, that's not really how you normally make dough. Um, but it's, cream puffs are a lot of fun to make. Popovers as well. Popovers yes. are, are fun. No, um, and finish egg butter spread. That sounds very useful, too. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, just something a little different. I think, as you mentioned, you know, just giving people ideas about different ways to use eggs and not just having them for breakfast. You know, a, a soft-boiled egg every day for breakfast is wonderful, but you can eat them for every meal. Yeah. Now, let, let's, let's, one of the things I think we forgot to emphasize is that you, you, you have a web presence and you have a blog. Yes. I do. Yes. So let's, FreshEggsDaily.com. So let's plug those for a second. Sure. I, I do have a combination of, you know, if you want to get into raising chickens or ducks, I have a lot of articles about that and also a lot of egg recipes on um, my blog, FreshEggsDaily.com. Yes, and, and Robert, do you want to use your um, your your pun that I said you could use? <laughs> what did you say she was? Well, what was that? Your pun. <laughs> my, my pun. You mean pun. I, I can, I can, <laughs> You I, said I, that Lisa was a great expert. You oh, said. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
<laughs> moan, groan, moan. No, 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 I, I, thought you, I thought you were going to ask the answer to the question: what What happens when a chicken's What happens to a chicken when it doesn't lay eggs anymore? And the answer is dinner. No. <laughs> Terrible, terrible. We we don't eat a lot of chicken in our in our house. I have to say that we eat a lot of eggs. We don't eat a lot of chicken. Well, you know that's uh, something that's really happening because um, that popularity of that um, documentary on uh, um, the what do you call that um, the the egg raising farms, the big mm-hmm. industrial farms, has been circulating. I mean, my trainer told me that she she just saw. It, it one time too many, and she's become a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I, so, I, that has affected yeah. a lot of people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and it's really wonderful to know somebody be able to talk to somebody who just you, you have such a thorough knowledge of this subject, and and I really enjoyed uh, learning all these little tips and getting answers to my questions about eggs, and. Um, um, Lisa, I wish you much success with this book. Again, Lisa Steele, yes, and uh, the, 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 the book is Fresh Eggs Daily Cookbook. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Next up is um, the reason why I've been eating a um, a large duck egg every morning <laughs> after talking uh, to George Weaver and uh, his his farmist nature's yolk. Um, and well, he's going to explain us the complicated thing with Utopia Hen, which is a, an organization. Uh, let's listen to George. Right. Okay, now we're going to be talking about something close to my heart, eggs, specifically duck eggs. And we're going to be talking to George Weaver, um, whose family owns both the the overall uh, Utopia Hen, which is a great name, obviously, and Nature's Yoke, which is the specific brand. Um, And he can sort that out for you if you need to have it sorted out. Um, but these eggs, George, are just wonderful. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Well, I mean, I had them um, two every day. Um, they were gone. Till they were gone. Till they were gone. And yeah. You know, but you don't provide any instructions for how you have to go back from getting this wonderful duck egg as a habit, and going back to uh, supermarket hen's eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Uh, that's great. No, we're so glad. We are so glad you like them. And, yeah, ultimately, it is is amazing how duck eggs is one of those things that there's a lot of people that absolutely love them, just like you guys. And there's also people that are like, yeah, why duck eggs? What is a duck egg? You know, what are they for? And so it's definitely been one of those really fun fun things to talk to people about, talk to consumers about, because um, it's just crafted a lot of great um, conversations, and a lot of people, you know, might even have hesitations at the beginning, but once they try them, they always, like, fall in love with them because they love them so much. Yeah, I thought they were going to be bigger. I mean, they're they're not graded in size, are they? So they would be a mixed size um, for shipping, you know, shipping and um, logistic purposes, um, mainly for the carton size. Um, so it goes more by weight versus the specific size of the egg. Um, so, you know, you might get one or two larger ones and then some that are not quite the same size, but the overall weight is, you know, more consistent. So, yeah, you'll kind of get a variety of sizes. You know, duck eggs are, you know, they're they're about like an extra large to jumbo size. So, you know, I think sometimes we, you know, always thought of, you know, duck eggs as more of like a super jumbo or like a really big duck egg. Um, but the, the laying birds, um, which are actually Kaki Campbell um, birds, um, are are bred specifically for um, egg layers like this and um, do about the extra large to jumbo size. Now, George, do you have a conventional farm in the 
in the centre of a farm, or do you have duck houses? Or I'm trying, sure. I'm, trying, I'm trying to picture what you look like when you're doing your job. Sure. Yeah. So um, Utopia Hen Farms is is founded, and the root of what we do with with Utopia Hen Farms is support small local farms throughout the local area. So. I'm currently sitting in New Holland um, at the home farm. My house is a couple hundred feet from here where I'm sitting right now. Um, and here at the home farm, we actually don't have any chickens or ducks here. So this is just where we bring all the eggs from the local farmers. We wash them here. We pack them here. And then we put them into those cartons that ultimately get shipped out to stores, supermarkets. And, you know, that's what you would have tried there in your home. Um, what, and what we do is this – go ahead. What state are you in? I mean, I'm not even sure of that. Yep, we're in Pennsylvania as well. Um, okay. We are more central Pennsylvania, Lancaster specifically, um, but we work with farms kind of all throughout Pennsylvania, um, northern Pennsylvania. Um, and what what they do then is the, the flock sizes are very small. So when you, again, when you re- reference the conventional farming, um, I would say, no, we're not conventional farming in the sense that um, it's very small, you know, in quotes, backyard farming. Um, and these these farmers truly love getting to raise these, you know, small small farms. Um, again, we have a lot of them, a lot of small farms, which is where we get, you know, our volume from. Um, and, yeah, they, they get to go outside. Um, they are they're living that truly um, utopia life, if you will. Uh, that's where the name came from, Utopia Hen. <laughs> yeah. And, and this is a family business. They, Correct. The nature's yes. joke and, is. Yes, Nature's Yoke and Utopia Hem Farms are both founded by um, my family. We are the Weaver family. Um, I am the fourth generation. So George Weaver III is still um, in the company. He is the current president of the company. Um, and then I'm the fourth. Um, but yeah, so that explains you. I, did, I wondered why you, you, your email was George IV, Roman numeral. Yep. <laughs> You got, yep, that's, that's because uh, there has been four Georges in the egg industry so far. So um, my great-grandfather, yeah, started the company back in 1963. Um, we've done, we've kind of done all sorts of different eggs since then, um, a couple of different innovative things. Back in, in the 1980s, um, you all will probably remember the whole cholesterol movement. So there was this big, kind of this big thing about, you know, hey, are eggs actually bad for you because of how high cholesterol they have? And, right, yeah, yeah. You know, things and my, my grandfather um, helped develop the first low-cholesterol egg. So that was an egg that um, was naturally being able to um, come out with the uh, lower cholesterol. Um, and what's interesting is the, you know, they were able to go like 30% lower than the FDA regulations at that point. How do you do and that? Now, and now today, FDA's regulations are 30% lower than they used to be. So we kind of like to give kudos to Grandpa for helping, helping with that. Um, but what, what do you do that was, by what you feed the, the hens? Yeah, yep. it, was, it was, you know, um, kind of adjusting the natural feed um, that supplements with them. Um, definitely, you know, outdoor access can attribute to that as well. Um, lighting, the lighting in the barn, um, doing more of a soft lighting, bringing in natural light, um, that all helped. And it was, it was amazing. Um, just with a little bit of kind of tactical work, they were able to do that, um, which was pretty amazing. Now, here's a, here's a wacky question for you. And, and it comes from a time when we actually interviewed someone who raised ducks in South Dakota. Okay. Geese. Oh, no, geese, I'm sorry. Geese. Why don't the geese fly away? Why, why don't your ducks fly away? <laughs> it seems like <laughs> they would a, be able to fly, so why don't they? Is it just because you... That's a great them? question. Yeah. So the ducks that we use are Khaki Campbell. So... They're not as much of a, um, uh, I don't know if you'll air fowl, um, you know, where they're flying around a lot or migrating, if you will. Um, but they definitely, they will definitely, again, they can get up. They, they'll get off the ground if they need to. Um, but there's also a process where they um, are able to, you know, trim a little bit of their feathers, um, which will give them not as much momentum, if you will, um, okay. you know, to really pick up off the ground. Um, so there, there's processes like that. Um, natural ways of um, being able to help keep your flock from, hey, coming out one morning and they all flew away. Wouldn't that be crazy? <laughs> it, would not, it would not be good. That well, would not be good, no, for sure not. Now, tell me about, uh, I'm not clear on what's um, 
free range and and what are the other designations for how they roam around and and feed sure so you can kind of look at it as four different tiers um, in the whole egg industry so this isn't necessary i'm not talking specifically to us i'm talking when you walk up to any really any store in the u.s right now you're going to see about four different types of eggs you'll see a conventional what we refer to as the conventional caged hen those hens um so those those eggs would, you know, rate for, you know, about, you know, they'd be the 99-cent eggs. They'd be the cheapest eggs you'll find. Um, those eggs are raised in um, cages, hundreds of thousands of birds in a barn, huge mega operations. Oh, horrible, um, yeah. And very, very, very bad conditions. Um, not not the ideal at all, obviously. Um, and so that would, be, that would be what we consider caged. Then there's a cage-free, which is kind of like the next step up. So those can actually still be in cages. California passed a law saying, hey, it can just be a bigger cage and still be considered cage-free. Um, so there's still, there's still um, occasionally they're still in cages. Other times they're just in large buildings, um, aviary systems, which are, you know, multi-level houses, uh, but they do not see the outdoors. Um, cage-free uh, typically is all indoors, um, no out, outside access. And then there's free-range, which free-range would be um, still – pretty good sized barns but they have outdoor access each each free range farm needs to have two square foot per bird of outdoor access and one thing to note with that is uh chickens are flocking animals so they go together um so again and they flock together so they're never they're never using up their two square foot per bird all at one time if you will some will be inside some will be outside um so that would be free range and then we have pasturage which utopian farms is completely pasturage and that would be um, very – the flock size definitely decreases, and the reason for that is that because of the amount of space needed on the outside. So um, all of our chickens are um, certified with 110 square foot per bird. So, again, that's, like, way more um, than any other standard. And the reason for that is just to really get that true um, ethical small family farm um, that, you know, you'll only be able to find when they can do it on a small scale. Again, you can't, you can't do 100,000 bird farms as pasturage because you need, like, so much room, right, because you need that much outdoor space. Um, so that's, that's kind of the different tiers. Well, um, no, this, this card that came with my egg said that they were pasture-raised. That's right. Yeah, so we have, we have free-range and pasture-raised. We have two different, kind of two different lines, um, but what you would have had um, is pasture-raised, correct. Now, when they're pasture-raised, do you still feed them? I mean, are they still fed supplementally, or do they just eat grass? Yes, yes, they are They are fed supplemental um, um, natural grains to go along with it. Um, chickens actually aren't, aren't um, really able, their eggs are not, um, I don't know if, how to quite to say it, but um, chickens aren't, um, don't do well on only grass, if you will. Um, so they, they no, need that I other protein. So, you know, they're, they're going to need some of that. There's other vitamins and things coming through. So, yes, they are supplemented with a feed as well as their outdoor access. And now, um, tell us about this. I just wanted to mention this, um, the, the difference between the movement and the brand. Sure. Um, yeah, I'm going to hand it over to um, my buddy Paul Myers here. He's going to address the movement a little bit and how Utopia Hen um, is part of that. Okay. Yeah. Hey, well, thanks again for, for having us on. Again, my name is Paul Myers, and I work uh, on the marketing team here, marketing and communication. So to answer your question a little bit, um, yeah, so like George was saying, there are two brands, Nature's Yolk and Utopia Hen. Uh, Nature's Yolk is our free-range uh, egg brand. And so the messaging behind that is very family-centric. Our buyer persona are normally um, families who are interested in getting a healthier egg from their grocery store or from their local market. So the branding messages around that are what matters most. So a family, neighbors, friends, um, life, love, and latitude, that's sort of our slogan. So we focus a lot on just the, the, the bright side of life and then just all the, the happiness and just the family connection. Connection is a huge word for that brand, and that's sort of, sort of the messaging there. Um, with Utopia Hand Farms, that's our pasture-raised brand. Um, our buyer persona is a little different. They're not so much going to be um, – they may not be a traditional family. They may not – we may be looking more at someone who's fresh out of college. could be someone in their late 20s, early 30s who is 
um, sort of on their own and has um, they aren't they don't have a family to take care of. They're more sort of looking to do better for the world as a whole. Uh, they're okay. going to be focused on things like sustainability, regenerative agriculture, um, and just things that are really doing better for our planet. So that's going to but be you. You do hand. some of that because I noticed that you um, the, the eggs I came were in a carton that is um, a, a special, um, you know, um, uh, ecologically. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Absolutely. the 100% carbon neutral uh, with this. this a robust sustainability program, planet-friendly mm-hmm. cartons, and plans to take our regenerative agriculture products practices even further. So that's pretty serious stuff. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yes, that's that's 100% correct. Yeah, that's a huge focus. We love our cartons especially. Um, they're either post-consumer paper or their cardboard and um, pulp cartons, materials that can be recycled. And we strongly encourage people to, you know, once you're done with your eggs, recycle your cartons, you know, put them out in your recycling bin. And then, yeah, we also encourage things like trash cleanups in your local neighborhood, um, uh, tree planting. That's a huge thing we try to incorporate into our pastured farms is planting trees because that helps take all the excess carbon that's in the air and it helps bring it back into the soil. It helps reduce erosion and runoff and it's sort of also uh having trees in your pasture is also a way of helping your birds have extra shade and if the trees are fruit bearing it acts as a supplemental feed for the chickens as well so those are just some of the things we do and we encourage in our community and that's really with utopian farms uh the messaging is we're encouraging everybody to come along on the journey and let's build a better world together well, let, let's talk a little bit more about the eggs themselves. Um, I mean, what I liked is the the yolks are bright orange, just like the eggs I used to get in Spain. Um, and and the, the texture is such very jammy on the egg. So I felt as I was eating it that I was getting more nutrients. Is that true? Yeah. So George here again. Specific to the the yolk and white in in the in the duck egg, so that's I love to hear that. Ultimately, that is such a cool thing when we hear people saying they're so orange, they're just like the backyard flocks. Because you know, <laughs> our family, I I grew up with my father always telling people, hey, if you can get eggs from your backyard, do it. If you can't, come to us because we're the next best. <laughs> yeah. So that was wow. that was always that's the concept I grew up under and. Um, yeah, specific to that, so one thing about the duck eggs, um, and you might find as you're cooking with them, um, the yolk to white um, ratio is different than a chicken egg. There is more yolk um, right. in a egg than there is a chicken egg. And, again, that's kind of where you'll find the more fluffier, you know, when in baking you'll get fluffier baked goods, um, and that's because you're getting more of that rich, creamy creaminess. Um, yeah. And, again, you know, the, the whole yeah, I told you Lydia Bastianich, who's a, a, a very famous chef, um, she says the duck eggs are the best to use for baking pasta. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I, and I'm, I'm assuming that's just because, you know, it, again, it's a great binding ingredient. It's a really good, um, you know, it, again, it, it doesn't, it's pretty much a direct supplement for eggs. It just has more of that protein and nutrients in it. Um, so, yeah, pretty cool. I I loved it. And then that leads me to uh, my last question is we've been telling, I mentioned this, we've been telling uh, everybody now about how wonderful these eggs are. And I mean, I don't know how you expect me to go back to supermarket hen's eggs. (laughs) So how do people get these eggs? And is it prohibitively expensive to have them sent on a regular basis? Yeah, so we've done um, we've done some tryouts on direct mailing um, to consumer on a regular basis, um, and it's not like we're opposed to that, but it is very expensive. Um, shipping eggs again because of packaging and keeping them refrigerated, and you know following our FDA regulations and everything, um, that can be a hard a hard task. So we are we are available in a lot of markets, um, a lot of your larger chains, um, Giant Foods, Giant Martins. Um, more on in my area, it'd be more like the mom's organic market. Um, and again, um, yeah, like out out there, you might even have some shop rights, some stop and shops. I don't know exactly if you will, but again, East Coast is full of different 
um, Acton yeah. and Safeway. We, we have Whole Foods and we have a Giant Eagle. You have yep, a Giant Eagle. There's a possibility that they're able to be um, plotted into Giant Eagle as well. So, again, what we recommend is if your local supermarket doesn't have it, let us know. Put in a contact exactly. form on our website. You know, let us know. We are always looking for consumers that are willing to try it. And it also, again, it's, a, it's this method of we all need to work together. A lot of people sitting around these corporate offices don't understand the, um, don't always understand the value in having small family farm raised eggs. So when we, they can get their consumers, you know, interested, and when they know their consumers are interested, they're interested as well. So we always love hearing from you guys and um, want to help, yeah, get these eggs available to everyone. Um, it's, it's, a huge, it's a huge movement, and it's really, it's really banging. Now, what is the best um, website to use if people are looking to get more information about the eggs or about how to get them? Do they use sure. the uh, Go ahead. Yep, go you go to utopianfarms.com. That's U-T-O-P-I-H-E-N farms.com. Okay. And it's singular, utopian, singular, H-E-N. That's right, utopian. Okay. Okay. Utopian farms. You got it. Great. Well, I mean, you have a convert in this part of the state, I can tell you. <laughs> that sounds great. That sounds great. Yeah, I should. Um, we have teams here. We have people here that are constantly just, like, finding stores in people's areas where they can get the eggs into. So, yeah, we are always looking for options, and, yeah, that's awesome. That's great. Well, it's been wonderful experiencing your, your eggs and your story, and uh, um you know, and you, you seem to be well established in, in your family um, to continue on with this egg market and the movement. So, um, cheers to you and and keep going. And they're wonderful. Thank you hey, so well, much, George and Absolutely. Paul. Absolutely. You have a fantastic day, and everybody have a happy holiday. You too. Thank you. Bye bye. know what came first but we think it's the egg <laughs> anyhow that wraps it for today um and stay with us next week same time same place and until then bye bye <laughs>